to let me know Should I stay or should I go Hello everybody and welcome back to another version of Hardly Committed here on a, your whatever day you're listening to. We're recording this on Halloween, so happy Halloween. Very spooky edition of Hardly Committed today. I'm TJ Walker, my producer sitting across the table at his humble abode is Nick Roush. Thanks for having me over, buddy. Uh, you know, I just I know it's your favorite holiday, so I needed to get in the Halloween spirit and I thought what better way than have Mr. Larson over. Yes, I'm dressed up as Mr. Larson from Happy Gilmore. We did our radio show, Kentucky Roll Call. We go 8 to 10 Monday through Friday. Hopefully you're listening to that. And you can find the podcast of that radio show daily on the same place that you're listening to this. Hardly committed. Just search Kentucky Roll Call, and then you'll see a nice picture of Nick and I. And uh, you can listen to our radio show if, if you choose. If you want to hear us talk for two hours a day instead of just the 45 minutes to an hour podcast once a week, you have that option. Don't know why you'd want to do it, but you do have that option. We uh, we just got done doing the radio show from the backside of Churchill Downs, the Breeder Cup this weekend, Breeders Cup this weekend. You you get on me for not putting the S on at the end. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, there's an S there. My nail in my head from Miss, from my Mr. Larson costume is getting in the way. Getting in the way of your uh, oh, headset go. there. Yeah, can't right. you can't mess with that nail. I could. I, I, I'm not good with stitches. I can't stitch you up. Yeah, well... Uh, if that goes wrong, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling all right now. So, we did that. I dressed up, looked like a huge goober. You were a, a jersey. You didn't... You you kind of... You messed up maybe a little bit more than I did. We probably shouldn't have dressed up at all. Mm-hmm. But you just wearing a jersey to the backside of Churchill Downs, you kind of, like, fit in, but with a bad reputation of fitting in. How so? I mean, do you get what I'm alluding to? You looked a little trashy. I mean, I normally do when I go to church with dads. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because we're going to be back tomorrow. You're not going to wear a jersey tomorrow. You're going to wear probably a nice polo or a nice button-down. I'll or... have a, a windbreaker on. You'll have a windbreaker yeah, on. Windbreaker. Yeah, windbreaker. Windbreakers are big on the backside of Churchill Downs. So, But at least people probably saw me, and while making fun of me, certainly, they were like, oh, he's wearing a Halloween costume. Yeah. It's, people That's... saw you, and they were like, oh. Or they were like, just oh, a, look, a just, pedophile. Just a redneck Kentucky fan wearing a jersey. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, Everybody just... else was like wearing, you know, nice jeans. Says or... the guy with the mustache. Well, what do you mean? I'm saying you. Nothing you... wrong. Mustache isn't white trash. Really, the only thing that tipped you off that you weren't that you were in a Halloween costume was the nail sticking out of your head and a, and a terrible wig yeah but that could be your real hair and what about the golf ball horse people have really bad hair but are people looking at the golf ball in this like are they noticing the golf ball in this I year? think they're noticing I, I thought they would you think that uh, <laughs> well, I wonder what they thought if there wasn't a Halloween costume what they thought with me just wearing a uh, guns don't kill people t-shirt I kill people. Yeah, and a, and a snug one at that. But uh, yeah, you 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 got the extra medium. Yeah, I I, I wanted to because Mr. Larson's a huge guy. I thought it'd make me look a little bit bigger if I you used know, a smaller you, one. Although just, certainly not flattering. I just appreciate how much thought you've put into every part of your ensemble. You. Well, I had a golf club, a bent golf club, like Mr. Larson does to Shooter McGavin's nine iron. Right. But uh, that that broke during the Halloween party. Uh, as it probably should have. Yeah, it should have. And he makes uh, bending golf clubs look a lot easier than it actually is. So hmm. it's almost like it's not real. It's a movie. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are going to talk basketball recruiting today. Later on, we're going to get to the annex and talk a little bit about the office. I know there's people that love one, hate the other, hate one, love the other. 
uh, and there's supposedly a few people that like both of them. Shocking, I know. But uh, <laughs> we're going to get to all of it today, and I, I do kind of want to start out by saying, one, no guest. This has been another weird week with the Kentucky-Georgia game. Uh, we had to do, we're doing on remotes the next two days, so we don't have the studio recording. It's always a lot easier to record the, the calls in the studio than doing it over the phone. And it, it, it's just been, it's been kind of hectic. So no, no, uh, no, no guests this week, but that just means more talk between Nick and I, and, um, and, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Secondly, let me start off by saying, I, you know, if you listen to this podcast hoping to get all the answers, I, I'm very sorry if you, I mean, you should already know that you're going to be disappointed, but I'm sure, I'm sorry to continue to disappoint you because Kentucky staff doesn't even know all the answers. People close to Kentucky don't even know all the answers of how this recruiting class is going to shake out. And I can confirm to you that UK's uh, people close to Kentucky are confused on why these bigs are are not seemingly just jumping on the opportunity to be able to commit to Kentucky and and, and virtually have all the playing time they could ever imagine be the 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 one and only guys. And uh, yet, it seems like Kentucky's in limbo in all these recruitments. So. Uh, they they're they're a little confused by it. I'm certainly confused by it. And then, as always with recruiting, things can change in a matter of days. Certainly in the matter of weeks and months, that goes without saying. So while things today don't look like it's going to be the most promising, hardly committed, and basketball recruiting updates, you know, wait till next week. Who 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 <laughs> who, who freaking knows? So times they are a changing so really quick. Here's what I want to do. I want to get into the questions first, Nick, and we're going to take our time with them. Okay. And then if they're at the end, if there's a player that I realize I haven't talked about or there's something I want to get to, then we'll get to that. But what I hate, what I, what I have not liked in the past few weeks is we get to talking, I kind of go through my spiel, go through a few of the players, what I'm hearing, this and that and the other, and then we go to the questions, and I feel like we've already at least covered it to some degree. Mm-hmm. So let's answer the questions fully, and then what we don't cover – we can get to. Boom. Let's, let's, let's mix it up a little Ooh, bit. And there's a lot of questions today, too. Ten. Ten questions. Good job, people. Well done. And on short notice. Yeah, 20 minutes, ten questions. That's a great ratio. Yeah. Perfect. Gotta love the ratio. Uh, Mad Dog asks, Hurt destination affected by the potential taint on Kansas program from the Adidas scandal. Ab- absolutely. 115%. Uh, if he's going to spend one year in college, maybe two max, and I think he'll be a one and done. I'd be surprised if he wasn't. He's not going to go to a place that potentially could be on probation, that Bill Self may or may not be around. Now, we haven't heard anything to indicate that, that Bill Self will be fired. We haven't heard anything to indicate that the NCAA is going to be able to move quickly enough to to ban Kansas from the 20, I guess that would be the, 29, the 2020 postseason. We haven't heard anything to make us think that that's going to happen. But in the back of Matthew Hurt's mind, that that's going to be a major factor. I'm not going to go somewhere where I'm going to be unsure if the coach is going to be around. And more importantly, if I'm going to play one-year college basketball, you damn well believe I want to be in the NCAA tournament. And, and, and there there's some uncertainty around the Jayhawks program, whether or not there will be postseason bans, major punishments, major, major penalties. I think you're going to see a tiny little cloud hanging over the Kansas program over the next couple of years until all this gets settled, similar to what you got, you saw through, at UNC throughout their academic scandal. Now, of course, that ended up being they didn't get punished at all, and everything was fine. And uh, now their recruiting is picking up in a major way. But 
I think you're going to see that with Kansas. And I don't think Matthew Hurt goes to Kansas anymore. And if you would have asked me in the middle of the summer, if you would have asked me a month ago, I probably would have said that Kansas was a favorite. I've always really liked UK's position here. But uh, now I like it a lot more with, with Kansas not having as much momentum. And the thing I like about Matthew Hurt's recruitment, as I've said for a few weeks, they're going to be very calculated throughout this whole thing. They're going to look at playing time. They're going to look at the players that he could play with. And I, I can't imagine that that family doesn't look at the opportunity at UK and say, oh, my gosh, we can we can really thrive here. We can get a lot of shots. We can get a lot of touches. Mm-hmm. We can We can be used in a variety of ways. We can show the versatility. And, of course, on the biggest stage. So – uh, I, I, I think Kentucky's in a, in a good spot with that recruitment. I reached, I touched base over the weekend to see if they had any update on when he's going to officially visit. They they said no, but they, they, they hinted that it wanted to be something really special. I think that Kansas game in January could be one that you may circle and say, all right, maybe that's when he'll come to town. That's, that's just me kind of trying to connect the dots here, but uh, he'll visit at some point. Nice, nice. Uh, Brad, uh, should Cal and Co. should have just gone ahead and taken Iggy Han as a quality second option in the post? What's that? Should Cal and Co. have just taken Iggy Han okay. as a quality second option? Uh, so I got somebody that is like followed by James Wiseman and his family who just tweeted me and was like, you you didn't have a good source. Uh, oh. Talking about the momentum for Memphis for James Wiseman. So that's interesting. Uh, yes, on Tuesday, again, you gotta, I got to remember that people aren't listening to this on the day that we're recording. On Tuesday, well, let me go back a little bit further. On Monday, I did the Monday Insider Notes, and Wiseman visited Memphis, and Memphis went all out. But I admitted I couldn't get somebody to talk about where things stood with James Wiseman and Memphis on the AAU side. Because I can talk to people close to Kentucky, and they're going to tell me they feel good about this, and they feel good about that. And they should, and they absolutely should. But I wanted to talk to somebody that, on the AAU side of things, has some connections and could figure out things on, on, on Memphis's end. And I couldn't get that on Monday, couldn't get that over the weekend. But on Tuesday, I was able to talk with somebody about that, and I posted it. And basically, that person who had previously thought Wiseman was going to go to Kentucky had decided that, he was changing his opinion after the Memphis official visit and thought that he would be going to Memphis now. And uh, he said that that info didn't come from Memphis's staff, so I think that's a little bit of a positive. I, I don't know if he was talking with other AAU coaches or who exactly he was talking with, but, you know, take that take that with a grain of salt. And uh, But he, he said there's two things on the visit that he thought would, would or is why he's changing his pick. DJ Jeffries, the former UK commit, he picked Memphis. Memphis, mm-hmm. and uh, that's good, good for Memphis. Kentucky doesn't care that they're fine with not getting DJ Jeffries. They got the better end of that deal. But Penny now hasn't missed with any of his former AAU or high school players that he used to coach. Mm-hmm. All of them he's gotten to come to Memphis, the ones that he's wanted to come to Memphis. James Wiseman is somebody that played for him in high school and AAU. Something to keep an eye on. And then – uh, I was t- he, he told me that the family is now convinced he can be the number one picket at Memphis, and that was a big hiccup. If he knew he could be a high draft pick at Memphis, but could he really be the number one pick? And I find that whole thing interesting and surprising. I you know, And I asked him about it a little bit more. But like he didn't think he was going to be the number one pick before the official, and now he thinks he is? I, I found that weird. But the guy went on, and he was like, but you know, it's not just what I heard about the official visit. If you just add up all the pieces, it looks like – Memphis is going to be the pick. And he provided some, and I'll, I'll list those off for you here. He said, Wiseman stayed in Memphis instead of going to prep school. We heard all summer he could go to Finley Prep. Finley Prep, uh, that could be played for P.J. Washington's dad. Kentucky would freaking love that. 
and it ended up not happening. Wiseman's mom said he's going to decide in April or May. April or May is, is when the decision's going to be, and that's that. He wants to see who stays, who goes, how the rosters are shaking out. She mentioned coaches leaving and staying, which I found interesting. Now he's going to announce in November or December. Hmm. Uh, my guy said, you know, listen, that that's a clear sign that maybe if he's going to Memphis, he wants other good players to join him, maybe Matthew Hurt to join him there. Uh, Wiseman wasn't, and he told me Wiseman wasn't officially going to uh, visit Memphis, but then he gave him the last official visit. He never said, Wiseman never said that he was not going to officially visit Memphis. He just set the other ones first. And I think the family decided, all right, is there any other school we're seeing? No, there's not. Okay, may as well just let Memphis. So I'm not too worried about that point. And then uh, the last one is the entire town trying to get him to stay in Memphis. And he said it'd be a bad business move if he committed to Kentucky in December or November and still had a full season to play. Uh, it wouldn't be fun for James Wiseman, but ultimately I don't think that's a, a, a huge point. So it was interesting that this person, I have no idea who it is, who they are, but they're followed by James Wiseman and uh, a few other people. And I, I'm curious who, who it is hmm. uh, and why they're saying my, my source isn't reliable. Yeah. But if it's just somebody that's followed by them. Well, I mean, somebody in the situation. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Man, I, and that's why, like, there's so much kind of information leading one way or the other. It's like, well, what do you believe? Yeah, and that's, and, and you know, ultimately, I'm, I'm sure that James Wiseman and his family haven't made a final decision. In their minds, they're probably still open, and they're considering everything. Now, I, I, I find it hard to believe that they don't know where he's going to go or they don't think they know where he's going to go or they don't have a favorite in their head, even if they don't express that to one another at the kitchen table. But I, uh, uh, they're probably – they haven't made their mind up just yet. And I even say in that article yesterday, I'm still leaning with Kentucky because people at Kentucky feel really, really good about it. So until I get even like an ounce of waiver from them, I'm going to probably stick with that, that opinion – but I'm not nearly as confident as I used to be. And I think anybody that is overly confident is either misguided. Uh, they have a piece of information out there that is gold and maybe they do, uh, or they're just, they're, they're guessing or they're optimistic or they're pessimistic one way in their prediction. So uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's really too, too, too uh, close to call. All right. Anything else you, you've got? Yeah, we've got more. Let's um, get to it. Yeah. You never answered the Iggy Han thing though. Oh, sorry. Uh, Should they have just gone ahead and taken him? Well, first off, there's no guarantee they would have gotten him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chris Mack went to Ireland twice to recruit his family and his parents and whatnot, and uh, Cal just didn't love him for whatever reason. Now, would it have been better to get Iggy on on board and worry about what kind of player he'd be? Probably so. You know, hindsight's 20-20. They maybe should have gotten him on board, but I don't, you know, I don't think they were going to get him. Even if they went all in on him, I don't Mm -hmm. think they were going to get him. I mean, and they went all in on Shubway, and, you know, Look what happened. Yeah. Like, and that, that was a post worth going all in on. So, you know, it's – I feel like this basketball recruiting game, it's a lot of kind of – you got to take your risk accordingly. Yeah, you do. And, uh, I, I, you know, I think if you had – let's say Kentucky got Iggy Hahn, and let's say they missed out on some other bigs and Iggy Hahn had to start. I don't think he'd do, like, an amazing job. Now, if he's at Louisville where they can – you know, they ask him to play 15, 17 minutes a game – Go out there, see what you can do, but we know you're going to be around for another year, another two years. Sure, great player. About the time he's finished, if if that's his course, about by the time he's finished, he'll be a really nice player. But if you're gonna, if you were gonna throw him in and say, 
you know, you're one of our two bigs. Yeah. We're going to need you to go 25 minutes a game. That's going to lot. It, it, it wouldn't be pretty. Yeah. I don't think it would be pretty. Um, what do the scandals, this is from B-Rat, what do the scandals mean for big tournaments like the Peach Jam? So, Peach Jam won't be affected. Uh, that will be the same. You won't have as many AAU events where coaches are able to go to them. Like in the spring, right? In the spring, yeah. yeah. They're, they're cutting out a few of those. So, coaches won't get access to many, and then you're going to have more camps where the players come. They're not on any specific teams, but they may be, are divided up into teams, and there's going to be regional camps, and there will be national camps. And then they'll be divided into teams, and the coaches will just watch and play. On the one hand, I like that because you're kind of just getting to see the player for what the player is. On the other hand, it's bad because these aren't guys they're playing with. They don't know how to feed off one another. It, yeah, it, it turns in, it turns into what people label AAU basketball. Oh, one-on-one, no defense. All they're worried about is getting their own numbers, which really isn't the case in AAU well, basketball And in anymore. AAU basketball, they've played together for so long. They're much better at passing, knowing where the other guy is, being able to create space. When you've got guys that you aren't comfortable playing with, it's hard to use each other to your advantage. Yeah. So I, I think that's what they're gonna. That's gonna hurt. Um, why can't Cal get a decent big to commit? That is sarcasm, in case you couldn't tell. But when and who will the Cats' next commit be? Well, I wish I had the answer. I wish that I had would, the answer. But Vernon be great. Vernon Carey sure. and James Wiseman aren't waiting very long. They're 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 on deck and they're going to be committing here. Pretty soon. Jaden McDaniels seems like he's going to be a little bit further off. He just scheduled an official visit to Texas. We're still trying to figure out when he'll get to Kentucky. No visit set as of today, I'm, I'm told. Uh, who are some of the other guys? Isaiah Stewart, it's unclear exactly when he's going to announce, but it seems like it's going to be in the fall. I don't feel good about Kentucky's chances there, but, mm-hmm. you know, you never know. And um, I, I, if they get one of Wiseman or Carey, that would be the next to commit, in my opinion. I don't think they're too, uh, they're too far off. Do you think we start hearing about Cal recruiting other bigs anytime soon? That's from Jason. No, I don't. Um, I don't think you're going to see new new names. I don't think. At least um, until spring. Yeah, I, I, I could be wrong. Now, if somebody decommits, could be a completely different story. And I do think that happens in the spring. I think you'll see somebody decommit, a coach will get fired, something along those lines will happen, and mm-hmm. Kentucky will scoop up a big that nobody's talking about that maybe has been committed somewhere else for a really long time. Uh, I you know, almost feel like confident that that's going to happen, although I don't have any names for you. Uh, but some of these other players, there are some other bigs out there. But yeah, I mean, if the, Cal hasn't gone after him now. Well, that was like uh, like Shubway. Cal was all over Shubway, and he was like, I want to say the eighth-ranked center, yeah. but like a top 20. Like, so there's a lot of bigs out there yeah. in this class. So that's at least a silver lining, even though many may already be committed elsewhere. Like you said, there's a, a lot of things can change between now and the late signing period. Absolutely. Um. Oh, we missed the where. Where's that kid from Memphis going? I thought that James that, Wiseman. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Funny, good joke. Um, Memphis or uh, Kentucky? I'd be shocked if it's anywhere else. No specific recruiting question here, but if you had a son in high school, so if you were a dad, TJ, you look like a dad, but if you were an actual dad to something other than a dog, a man, a boy, a person, man, who's, a man boy, a man boy. Who in a top fifteen basketball recruit is technically a man boy? Where would you be cool with him attending college? Where would I be? Yeah, like would you uh, uh, to magnify this even more? Would you be scared off by the shoe scandal stuff? Well, you, you know, you have to like be in it to be really to fully understand the the sliminess of it, and I, I don't know. I, 
on the one hand, it's like, yeah, my kid definitely is going to go to Kentucky and he's going to be a star. But I, honestly, I think at the end of the day, your kid has to be comfortable where he's going first and foremost. And I and with how elite these basketball programs are, it'd be pretty hard to be uncomfortable somewhere. You know, like when you are, you get the the star treatment, you get the nicest dorms, you get. You don't have to worry about like food or anything like that. It's tough to be uncomfortable anywhere you want. So the co- but he'd have to get along with the staff and like the coach and whatnot. But then I think at the end of the day, this is basically you know you you wouldn't go. When I went to college, I went to Kentucky because I liked their journalism program. Obviously, and more importantly, I was most comfortable with Lexington. You mm-hmm. know the setup, the where I'd be living, where I'd be staying, the campus, Ooh, all that stuff. You? Were you a K- I was a Blanding, I was Blanding four two twenty three. Was that the one with twenty four seven visitation? No weekends we had twenty four seven. See yeah. the twenty four seven. The other the time, some of the other the... Bland, like Blanding two was that. Yeah, that's where B2. all the that's where yeah. all the swimmers lived. Oh, I thought you were gonna say something else. No, I wasn't. What did you think I was gonna say? It's where all the uh, um, salacious people lived. Oh well, maybe so, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, <laughs> may, maybe maybe so, but uh, I, I love Blanding Four. It was crappy. I'd never do it again, and I think it's gone now. But or is it still there? Uh, still there. The low they, rises. They were living in them recently, but I don't know if they're even living in those anymore. The, okay. the tower's been out a while. Yeah. I was I was at the top of a tower. You were at the top of it. Yeah, I was the sec. I was twenty first floor, and there was twenty three. The 23rd floor was just like a study area. I don't know. It was just like an open room. Yeah. Uh, so I was second highest that had people living on it. And it was I, – I did not like to look out the window. When the helicopters would fly by at night, it would scare the bejesus out of me. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, terrifying. Uh, I went up there a few times in, in the towers. It seemed miserable. And, like, I, I remember thinking, like, oh, you know, be, you're, you're with a ton of people. You're certainly going to be able to make friends, find friends somewhere along the line living in this tower. But my biggest issue on why I didn't want to live in the tower is strictly moving in and out. Even though it just would have been two days out of the year. That seemed, that seemed fucking horrible. It seemed horrible. <laughs> Having to move stuff into a dorm with thousands of other people doing it pretty much at the same time. Oh, see, you know how you avoided that? Fake like an injury? No. Um, I, I did something with like the, the Catholic Newman Center, so I got to move in a day early. Um, and then I moved into the fraternity house after a semester, so I actually moved out in December. See, that, see, that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, I remember we I made up some excuse that I had to move in a day early, too, because I didn't even want to deal with it with the low rises. I mean, it looked miserable. It looked yeah. horrible, uh, so I had to make up some excuse to be able to, to, to go and do it earlier. They always show those pictures of, like, moving day with everybody being real yeah. happy and stuff. Those are the fakest, most staged photos I've ever seen. Moving day is miserable. They don't show, like, the dads having to go take, like, a cigarette break in their car by themselves, <laughs> just punching, like, the, the car, being like, damn it, this is so annoying. Just red face and sweating because yeah. it's 1,000 degrees. I want to get this little shit out of my life, and now it's <laughs> taking six hours to move them into a dorm room. Yeah, I wish uh, I'm, I'm happy. I don't have to deal with that anymore. But uh, so he he'd need to be comfortable. But then ultimately, like I was alluding to before that little rant there, I want I would want him to go somewhere that could get him to the next level. That that really could. I think that at the end of the day, you need that. Yes, you can get to the next level anywhere. We have we have cases of of top number one picks going to not good basketball schools. 
it does happen. But I would want a coach that kind of knows the routine, knows, especially from like a, a, a strength and conditioning standpoint, what a player needs to do to be able to be big enough, strong enough to get to the NBA. And so a, obviously a place like Kentucky would, would really would, would jump out at you. Um, a, you know, people don't like to hear it, but like Duke does well with getting guys to the NBA. And uh, recently they're having guys go to the NBA and, and being good from the get-go. And that, that would be another thing. I, I wouldn't necessarily want to have my kid play in the G League if he was ever lucky enough to do it. So I'd want a coach that could get them prepared, not only to get drafted high or get selected at all, but be able to go in there and compete. So I, I would stick with your traditional blue bloods and coaches that have track records of, of doing it. I wouldn't take a chance. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be swayed by the. You can change the program. You can be the <laughs> like. You know that is appealing. But if you're only going to stay in college for one year, two tops, how feasible is that? Is LSU a significantly better basketball program because Ben Simmons went there and put LSU basketball on the map? It's all. It's bullshit. I mean, it's a lie. You can't do that in one year. Now, football's a little different. Like, if you can go somewhere and be a star for three years or four years, yeah, yeah, you know, that's that's it's one more thing. Extra hours, yeah. But uh, basketball, it's not realistic. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be swayed by that pitch. What I would want is a coach that's done it, has it has done it in the past, has a track record, and has a system in place and knows what works and what doesn't work. And that's where I I would um, I would tell my kid that's going to be the criteria. You go wherever you feel most most comfortable within that criteria. Nice. That's a long answer. That was a good answer. No, thanks, man. So Somebody much. wants us to do play a little game, but I don't know if you're up for this game yet, TJ. Uh, what's? Oh yeah, let's do it. You want to do it? Yeah. <sighs> okay. I gotta look up that roster. Draft a starting five from this year's roster and the thirty-eight and one team. That's a, that'll be our final question. Because that was the final question. No, I think there was more, but that's okay. I got to him. We got to him. <laughs> I don't think we did get to him. But that's uh, that's. Oh yeah, you may be right. Yep. Okay. Uh, there was a few late ones that came in, but uh, unru- uh, do, 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 do. now I can't find it. Who's the Who's the next to commit? Somebody else again? Are the other guys we were looking at? If we don't get Stewart, Hurt, Kerry, Wiseman, no, yeah, we already answered that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's do it. Draft between this year's team and the 2015 38 and one team. Let's Based just have a, purely off what they did in yeah, college. Yes, which is hard to remember. Yes. Hard to remember. You're only going when these dudes were in college. Yes. We're not going with we're not going with Devin NBA Booker, success or yeah. lack of success right, right, or anything right. like that. All right. Uh I got a number one or two behind my back. Two. It's one. I get first pick. Oh, oh, so I okay. I wouldn't cheat. And you get snake order, so okay. all right. Uh number one pick. In this draft, I'm going with the number one pick, Carl Anthony Towns. I think anybody, mm. if you go with anybody else, you uh, you are you're, you're making a mistake. Well, so I appreciate you doing that, TJ. Oh, you weren't going to take him? No. Yes. Well, then I feel good about my chances of winning. Because this people forget that Carl Towns wasn't the All American on that team. The All American Ta- was Willie. Some call him Wilbert Collie Stein. I'm a Willie Cauley-Stein man, and that's why I'm taking him number one overall. Because the thing that Willie Cauley-Stein does that nobody else on either team does is defend the rim and every single position on the floor. Yeah, and uh, but Carl Anthony Towns was, was better. That's why he was the main option on that team. Offensively, hmm. he was not the best defense player. That was Willie Cauley-Stein. But Carl Anthony Towns, 
uh, was kind of the, the leader and the soul of that Kentucky team. You get another pick, though. Yes, and with my second pick, I'm going with the best scorer in all of college basketball. Unbelievable. The best scorer in all of college basketball. Folks, it doesn't get any better than Tower Hero. Tower Hero with the second overall pick. By the way, Carl Anthony Towns was a, sec- a consensus second-team All-American, by the way. Tyler Hero is a wild pick there. Oh, yeah. After you've seen him play four games in the Bahamas in a really bad exhibition game. It's not a pandering pick at all. No. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, I, I think I, 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 know what you're, uh, I know what you're doing there. <laughs> I see what you're doing, and I don't like it. Uh, all right. With number two for me, mm-hmm. I get back-to-back. Yep. Oh God, this is tough because I because I, I gotta because I gotta construct my <laughs> my lineup to make sense. Yep, yeah, it's not easy. Going Reed Travis for the muscle. Okay, getting some muscle. You got a beefy team down there. Inside yeah, with I, we're Reed not we're we're not Kat. getting we're not getting pushed around. Okay, and uh, I you know I feel good about that pick. I like it. Uh, I get another one here, and I'm a little conflicted oh, on whether tough. on this whether or not tough. I can do this or not. But you know what? It's going to keep it away from you. I'm going P.J. Washington, Ooh, and I'm, I'm playing big. Man, you're, that was a gutsy move, sir. You're not getting, a gutsy move. You're not getting any rebounds. Am I going to be the most versatile offensively? No, I'm not. I won't be. The teams are just going to pack it inside. But you're not getting a rebound on me. And P.J., we've seen him. We've seen him in the exhibition game. We saw him in the Bahamas. He's more versatile. It's perimeter P.J. Oh, perimeter It's PJ. perimeter P.J. Okay. It's take people yeah. off the – and you know what? Reed Travis shooting threes and whatnot. Tower so. Hero is going to go by all of them. No, And no, you, no. Know, you know what one thing that none of them can do? He'll get funneled into the meat zone. None of them can block the most clutch player in the history of the University of Kentucky, and that is A.A. Ron Harrison. Okay. Aaron Harrison is going to be my next selection. And to help combat your beefy inside, I'm going with the most versatile player on either of the teams, and that's Keldon Johnson. Yeah, I love the Keldon Johnson pick. Yes. Uh, Got a lot of, I'm going wing heavy while you go post heavy. And I, I, I like that it's a guards game. Yeah. It's a guards game, and right now the wings are just they're just licking their chops like, oh, man, P.J. and Reed are going to try to guard Aaron Harrison? Well, no, they're not because they're going to be my big guys. But okay. uh, I, I am going to to round out my my backcourt here. Okay. And I think there's a premium for me on shooting at mm-hmm. this point. you got a little smirk on your face. I don't mm-hmm. like it. you got a shit-eating grin. <laughs> <laughs> not, that would be quite enough of that. Uh, I'm obviously right. going Devin Booker because okay. I've got to get the best – I've got to get a good shooter, maybe yep, the best shooter of the bunch. Not the best scorer, though, in all of college basketball, like Tower Hero. That's yeah, fact. But he is—he uh, was a pretty—he's pretty damn good. A February Devin Booker, hard to beat. Yeah, man, this is tough. And you got to pick a point. There's a lot of good point guards out there. Who's it going to be? Yeah, there are a lot of good point guards out there, and um, I don't feel great about any of my options here. But you know what? Damn it, I'm gonna—I'm gonna take. Uh, this, uh, shooting's going to be an issue for me, and I'll fully, I'll fully admit, I'm taking Andrew Harrison though. Oh wow! I'm taking Andrew Harrison. Thank you. Went to two straight Final Fours, leading Kentucky as a point guard. He was a bully. Did he have some? Did, was, was he perfect? No, he wasn't perfect. But you put him on a team with this talent, and and he will do more than fine. And a slightly underrated shooter. He was not a great outside shooter whatsoever, but he wasn't horrible, especially his sophomore year. If he was open, you felt okay with him taking it. So I'm going with Andrew Harrison, Devin Booker, P.J. Washington, Reed Travis, and Carl Anthony Towns. Hmm. I certainly have the more talented team. 
Oh, that I beg to differ. I've got the more um, talented team. Your so last pick. My last pick. The I was gonna go one way, but I think you would argue that oh, this only counts for the 2015 year. It doesn't count for 2016 because Tyler Ewis would be a good option. But I don't like the matchup with him and Andrew Harrison. Andrew Harrison's a bit of a bully, um, and that's why I'm going to be wise. I'm going to pick the best perimeter defender. The lengthiest, the one who's going to be able to distribute best to his teammates. No, I'm not going to go quickly. Quickly would be my first choice, as I like his style of play better, but I like how Ashton Hagens matches up against Andrew Harrison. I'm going with Ashton Hagens. Okay, here's here's your issue here. Like I, I think we both didn't do a great job drafting teams. How in the world are you getting a rebound or scoring inside against Carl Anthony Towns, Reed Travis, and P.J. Washington when your second biggest player is Keldon Johnson or Tyler Hero? Do you don't need and, to get rebounds if you're making all the shots. Yeah, but like the thing Willie is... Willie Cauley-Sign's the best defender out of all of them. He'll get all the rebounds. Aaron Harrison was a good outside shooter, not great. Tyler Hero should be good. Like, you're not even that good of outside shooting either. You've got guys that are going to want to go attack the rim with the exception of Tyler Hero. Mm, sure, whatever you think. Whatever I, you I, keep I, telling yourself. I I've think got you, the clutchest player in the history, the best scorer in the history of college basketball. I, it's happening, folks. I think when I went big and, and took uh, my first three picks, Carl, Reed, and PJ, I gave you an avenue to win. And I think you squandered it, buddy. You're Because I'm so much bigger and stronger than you are. So what do you mean? What my avenue to win? I've got great shooters. You needed to get. You needed to maybe get a Dakari. You maybe needed to <laughs> oh, no. potentially add a Nick Richards or an EJ Montgomery. You need to do something to at least combat the interior. Um, we're 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 bulking up on the wings. Yeah, and we'll we'll let the people decide with the and, Andrew the versus Aaron. Andrew wins that matchup. Devin versus Tyler. I would probably take College Tyler, to be honest with you, but if we're doing a poll, people are probably going to take Devin Booker because they won't play by the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keldon versus PJ, different types of players. It kind of just depends what you what you prefer. Uh, I would – I mean, gosh, you got Aaron Harris. I don't even know who your four is going to be. I'm playing his own. <laughs> Kel- Keldon's definitely the four, though, you, which, is, which is not ideal. No, Keldon versus you know Reed. What? Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. Think, we're going zone. It's going to be an interesting it's, game. It's the Cal zone. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, any any other – okay, let's – yeah, let's, let's uh, let me let me get to a few other okay, things okay. that I, I weren't able that wasn't able to get to. Uh, the the Walker fellow, C.J. Walker, not T.J. Walker, C.J. Walker. A lot of buzz last week that he was going that he was like a major Kentucky target and things were moving fast. Uh, I never heard any of that, and that's not to say that the persons that the, the people that were hearing that were wrong. I just never heard any of that from people close to Kentucky. They were like, no. I even had one person be like, who did you hear that from? Because that's probably just some schools trying to negatively recruit against us because we're trying to get Keon Brooks and Jaden McDaniels. So that may have been what it was. It may have just been that that was being leaked by schools that are recruiting Jaden McDaniels and Keon Brooks, basically saying, look, you know, they want you, they say they want you on the wing. They want you to be this versatile dude. They're just going down and recruiting CJ Walker. So I don't, uh, I, I don't think there was that. I don't think there was much there to to be to be frank with you all. Speaking of Keon let me Brooks, be Allen. what's that? Let me be Allen. Yeah, let me <laughs> a little radio inside joke there. But um, I don't have too much on Isaiah Stewart. I just I just know they don't rave about him when I talk about some prospects. So I don't know if um, maybe that will be the big surprise. I do think there will be a surprise, and I always point to Matthew Hurt, where like you're going to end up getting somebody to commit to Kentucky. 
And that person will be like, yeah, all along, I knew that's where I wanted to go. Yeah, I know I did this, I did that, but I knew all along I wanted to be do Kentucky. Like the Kevin Knox sort of deal, where a lot of people didn't even consider him like a serious option to go to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to happen this year with somebody. And my guess would be Matthew Hurt, but you know, maybe it's Isaiah Stewart, or maybe it's Jaden McDaniels. Remember, Jaden McDaniels grew up watching UK. Maybe People forget that. But then he he made it very clear during the summer. He was like, I'm not a UK fan anymore, blah, 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 blah. Of course, they hadn't offered yet. But uh, I think you're going to get a surprise. People ask me all the time, and that much is true, is the dogs are going nutty. It's Halloween. They're getting spooked. What what other options are there? Again, like I mentioned earlier, I do think you're going to see somebody decommit and end up committing to Kentucky. Uh, I think Kentucky can go the grad transfer route. I don't have names for you. And still always the possibility that you could have a big from 2020 reclassify. Maybe Nafali Dante would be one that, that many people are uh, many people are considering. So Boom. All right. I think that wraps it up there. Should we go to the Annex? Let's go to the Annex. All right. The Annex for some office talk. Welcome to the Annex, our podcast within the podcast, where we talk everything The Office. We do a episode-by-episode episode breakdown of The Office, but we're taking a break in the month of October to just talk about the Halloween episodes. Tis the season, and tis the day. It is Halloween, and that's a day that's very special in The Office. Always a Halloween party, almost uh, most seasons, and they, they, they decorate. They have a good time with it. They don't decorate, what, the first episode. Well, they do, and then the but cleaning the, staff comes the, in and, yeah. and, and gets rid of it all, which is hilarious to me. Uh, but they buy more, and they pick it up again. But today we're going to talk about Season 8, Episode 5, Spooked. came out October 27th, 2011. So we just crossed over the seven-year mark of that episode, which makes me very sad. Ooh, I remember I was 20 where when that I episode came out. Watch this show too. Where this would you was, watch uh, it? It was a part of our Thursday re- routine at Newtown. I had some friends who lived at Newtown Crossing, and uh, the Office was the perfect pregame because I think it was on at eight or nine. So we go over there, watch the Office, and then Parks and Rec follow. Do some drinking, then play a little bit of beer cart, and then go out to wherever the Thursday night party was. Thursday nights, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Did you have like a nickname for uh, like your play, the place you lived, or the place you'd go, like? Like, do you call it, like, the chill zone or anything like that? No, no. Um, not, not at Newtown. Uh, we called one of the houses I lived at. It was on Westwood Court, so we called it the courthouse. Mm, that's yeah. cute. Yeah. Yeah. So we got Jag. I don't – oh, the dog? Yeah. And, oh, I don't know. I don't know that uh, – And the Jag d- is uh, the name for a – I think it's it's a either a Marine Jaguar. or a naval attorney. Yeah. So, attorney, courthouse, Jag. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Boom. How about that? How That's about cute. It? I didn't know that. Did you have a nickname for your spot? Uh we we we've always come up with nicknames for people's houses and where they lived. In college, we lived on Con Terrace. Great place to live. Mm-hmm. You weren't in the hustle and bustle estate, but you were close enough to get over there if if shit hit the fan. So, that was nice. Uh, we called ourselves the Americans. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Did was the Americans? Was that show oh, yeah. a thing? Yeah, then? yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I yeah, wasn't sure yeah. if that was a thing. Yet. Uh it, it was it was new. It was hot. Off the streets, but uh, uh, those were the days. You're a big fan of that show. It's over. Yeah, I was a big fan of it, but it's it was, very. We good. tried to get uh, one of the people from the show to call in. We did. <laughs> yeah, right? the girl that is, I don't that you had a crush I, on. I hope she's like old enough because she wasn't when the season started. 
but uh, yeah, the, Amer- <laughs> the the Americans started right when we were right when we were closing up shop there. But the uh, yeah, God, what was her name? Oh, I forget. But uh, the little redhead girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we tried to get her. <laughs> she didn't have that many followers. We thought we'd do Holly Taylor. Oh, please, Holly, be okay. Ninety-seven. Yeah. Would we be good there? Yeah, we'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's uh twenty-one. Yeah, she. But in all seriousness, she like does an unbelievable job in that show. Mm. It's not weird. <laughs> not weird. But today we're talking about Spooked on The Office. Yes. And season eight, episode five. This is a non-Michael Scott episode. It is a Robert California episode. What's, let's give me your initial thoughts on, on Robert California. Um, it was one of those where I, initial pushback, um, but I thought Robert, like this season's great because of Robert California. I'm a big Robert California fan. I don't like season eight because he's out of the equation. I thought he was great in this role. Yeah. And uh, especially the fact that like, even though Andy's the boss, Robert California is always looming, and Andy is such a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, suck up, suck up. But he's um, he's so neurotic. That's the word I'm looking for. He's so neurotic around Robert California. So afraid to mess up. Yeah. And that's kind of the theme of this show is Robert trying to find everybody's fears. Yeah. Well, uh, I liked Robert as well. Um, surprisingly, like I thought he was just. He's something different. It wasn't going to last a long time with him. And Took they, a little while to warm up, too. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and like it's you know he's like a bright star. He burned bright, burned fast. But they didn't try to drag him on longer than they should have. Uh, I think one of the one of the more underrated lines in the office is uh, when he gets fired or leaves, and he says, "You don't even know who I am. I'm the fucking Lizard King. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know my name," uh, which is hilarious. But. Uh, you know, he has some good episodes, he has some annoying episodes, but I think he's a character that draws out emotion one way or the other, and I think that's important to a show like this, and uh, so I, I enjoyed Robert California. This is a big Robert California episode. I enjoyed the episode where they're, like, at his house, and they're all, you know, I, I like that episode. They're, they're giving his house a goodbye party. Yeah. It was a fun one. So in the Spooked episode, the first thing that jumps out to me, I love, and, and, and there's times that, like, you know, Aaron is a character that there's episodes I love her, there's episodes I hate her. I feel like they they morph her around and change who she is several times throughout mm-hmm. the season. I don't think it's really fair to her or her character because I think Ellie Kemper is a good actress and does a good job, but she she's all over the place on who she is. And this one, she's like very much aiming to please. Sometimes she does that, sometimes she doesn't do that. Sometimes it's and, like girl power. Sometimes she cares what people yeah. think about her. Other times she, she doesn't give a shit. This one, when her party, her Halloween party, gets called a kitty party, a party for kids, mm-hmm. tailored to kids, she gets super offended and bothered by it, which yeah. sometimes you would think that would bother her. Sometimes it wouldn't. This time it does. Uh, I think it's hilarious <laughs> when uh, there's a few lines. And I, I think this is a good Halloween episode. It doesn't get enough credit. But when, when Gabe puts on his video <laughs> and he's just like in the back of Stanley's car filming him. And then I think Oscar's like, "What's the what's the plot?" And he he looks at the camera. He's like, "Plots are too comforting." <laughs> Some of the scariest films don't have plots at all. Uh, I love that. And then I liked the what was the witch game that they wanted to play? Uh, pin the ward on the witch or something. Yeah, and they had the little uh, they had the sl- the saying though. Uh, hey, I forget. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, but no, re- this isn't the one where 
Aaron's bobbing for apples and she eats the whole apple, right? That's that's a different one. I don't know. If that's, that's a different a, Halloween. I don't one. know if that's the one or not. But it it really like, uh, I'll, it's also weird. Like, of course she goes to Gabe because Gabe made her watch all the crappy stuff when they were dating. But people's ability to still be friendly with ones they had relationships with in the office. All right, can we uh, can we can we do a little role play here? Okay. All right. Uh, here, we need you to come on over here. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Um, okay, so you, here... you be Andy and Oscar, and I'll be Stanley and Aaron, okay? So, wait, I'm Andy and Oscar. And and I'll be Gabe. I'll be Gabe, Stanley, and Aaron, okay? Okay, Andy and Oscar. I can remember that. All right. You, you ready? You, you feel free to talk like them in your accents if you yeah. want. All right, here's the scene that I like. Ready and scene. Is that my grandmother? No, no, right here. What's the story? This is this is uh, cut, 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 cut. This is in when they're watching that that creepy video. Yes. Okay. All right. Here we go. What's the story? There is no story. Yeah, it seems like there isn't a narrative. Maybe the filmmaker realized that that even a narrative is comforting. What the hell is going on here? I think we've seen it up now. You can turn it off. Yeah, yeah. Turn it off now. <laughs> How did you get in my car? Where is this from? This is so upsetting. That, that was awful. Robert, I apologize. Oh, I'm so sorry. I got confused. I heard you wanted to make the party more adult, but I think I know what to do now. Grabs box. Grabs box. This game is called Pecker Poker. <laughs> it's the game of cards that gets you hard. <laughs> she's like, she's like choking she's crying. tears she's back. She's like crying because she's just running out of options of what else to do. And everybody has just gone off on her for filming, for for showing this film. I do love Gabe's quote, though. Maybe the filmmaker realized that even a narrative is comforting. Isn't, uh, isn't Robert's kid a big fan of the movie, too? <laughs> I think so. Robert uh, Robert's kid is... Uh, Dwight dresses up at, as... Well, who is it? It's uh, Sarah, Sarah Kerrigan. No, it's... it's from it's, StarCraft. Yeah, but there's like the... Yeah, it would make sense if I showed my wings with all the blades on it, yeah. but Toby made me take it off. Yeah, it just looks like a girl with boobs. <laughs> uh, but then they have the little montage, and it's Toby, and it shows like Dwight dressed up as Freddy Krueger and Jig- Jigsaw and, pin- and Pinhead, and they're like taking all of his weapons away from him, uh, which is which is really really funny. Uh, and then I that this is when this is the episode where Robert California tries to find everybody's biggest fears. Mm-hmm. And do you remember what people's biggest fears are? Um, I, I remember, uh, Kevin's, Kevin's is funny. I remember Kelly's being like, ended up alone yeah, and not being married, which is pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, Ryan's I think was funny. I uh, don't remember Ryan's. Ryan's was like, like not being hip or, you know, something very Ryan, like he's out of date. Yeah. Um, or he can't have his phone with him or something like that. What was, what was Kevin's? <laughs> Kevin thinks the scariest thing in the world is... Mummies, but he doesn't think they're real. And then he finds out mummies are real, and he he's terrified. Creed's afraid of snakes. Yes, if you remember that. Uh, and uh, they all they all have interesting fears. And he tells the story at the end of the baby, which is really strange. Oh, that one is Angelus, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's really weird. 
uh, Pam tells the story about when she saw the man in the black and the ghost, the man in black at the oh, bar. And Jim doesn't believe it. it. It was almost as good as my Waverly Hill story. Not quite as Ooh, good as the Waverly Hill should story. Should we tell the Waverly Hill story? Oh, man, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. We might not have enough time. Yeah. To tell it all, I don't, I don't, it's so spooky. I don't want to scare everybody. Yeah. So I, I think we should just save it for later. No, we should tell it. We should, should tell we? it. So Nick went to Waverly Hills and had one of the all-time scary ghost encounters that you'll ever you'll ever find. Yes. And here it is. Well, uh, we it was a part of a school trip. Where you go to Waverly Hills at night, and uh, it started at dusk. You're on top of the Waverly Hills Sanitarium, one of the most haunted places on earth. Oh yeah, spooky. You spooky see city. the sunset, and all of a sudden, the place that went from oh this looks kind of cool to oh crap, this is this place is scary. So they take you through the entire place there. They tell you a few ghost stories to kind of set you in the mood of mm-hmm. oh this happened here and. You know, all the while, I'm being pretty skeptical. There was one point where they were like, yeah, if you walk down this hallway with your arms out, you'll see orbs flying around the people. And I'm like, okay, this is stupid. Do you do you believe in ghosts? Oh, I do, I do but I was did being you? very skeptical. Did you heading in? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You just... know, I was I was skeptical, but I was open. Okay. So um, the, the trip to Waverly, it climaxes with the walk through the death tunnel. Mm-hmm. And the death tunnel, it's basically there was a railroad at the bottom of the hill and they would put supplies and dead bodies down this tunnel to make it easier to transport your goods down to the track. So on one side there's a stair, another side it's almost like a ramp. So we're walking down, it's uh, one of my good friends, we're, we're in the caboose and right behind us is uh, our school's president. So we, we get about a third of the way down. It's a, it's a pretty long, long haul. And uh, we're like, um, really, we're just going to have to walk up this thing? This is this is boring. Come on. This is nothing. And all of a sudden, our president's like, y'all feel that? I was like, feel what? He's like, it's something keeps behind me. I don't know. It feels weird. And we're like, okay, you know, whatever, Mr. Strode. Get, get out of here. You're just full of it. And then all of a sudden, something else happens. He's like, all right, I'm, that's it. I'm going up. I'm done. And so we're kind of laughing at him like, what a softy. He thinks there's a ghost around here. Come on. And then all of a sudden, we, we the, the group's starting to kind of get some distance from us, and we, we feel a cold spot. Like, do you feel that? He looks at me, and he's like, yeah, did you feel that? And he's like, yeah, that's kind of weird. So we're looking around. We're like, there's got to be like a crack in here or something. This, is, this can't be just cold. Look around. No crack. Getting, hmm. getting a little worried. So, like, all right, let's just keep going. We'll, we'll catch up with the rest of the group. And then, all of a sudden, we look at each other again. We felt the person grabbing at our shoulder. The cold air. And at that point, we were done. We turned. We sprinted all the way back up the hill, terrified of what were. So, your, in the death your shoulder literally got grabbed. It felt like people were, like, grabbing the back of our collar or shirt. It's pretty spooky. Pretty spooky. Uh, I think the, I told it a little bit better this time than I did on the radio. Did, did the ghost uh, turn around and, and to mother and say, I'm fine, bitch. I'm fine. No. That's how Robert California ends the story. <laughs> and his little kid just starts dying laughing. Uh, all right. That's it. There's Woo! your there's your ghost story. We're going to end it on that. Yes. Happy Halloween. 
have thanks for listening to Hardly Committed. Leave a review, and uh, thanks for listening to the Annex and the Office. It's pure, uh, it's just it's, uh, silliness. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Should I stay or should I go now? Should I stay or should I?